and welcome to another episode of Ecclesia in Exile. I am your host, Mark Grant, and I'm sitting here with my pastor, Michael Ware. Hello. And, uh, welcome to our show where we discuss uh, various cultural topics through the lens of Scripture. Um, our show is titled such because we believe that we are in, uh, so to speak, an exile period. Um, there were periods in Israel's history in the Old Testament where they would um, they would be carried off into exile, and they would have to learn and adapt and have to live an authentically Christian, authentically God-loving lifestyle in the middle of pagan empires. Right. And so what we're trying to do is help you do that. It's a good chance that if you listen to this, you live around people who hate the Lord and who hate His Word, Mm-mm. and you've got to learn to think through things according to uh, Scripture in a time where the the culture around you uh, is opposed to the Scriptures. So we don't claim to be geniuses, but we do uh, seek and desire to try to uh, example godly thinking on this podcast, and Lord willing, He will uh, bless us to do so. Right. Uh, Today's episode is going to be on clothing, and... um, you know, Michael and I had a chance to chat before the show as I was kind of finishing up my rushed breakfast. <laughs> I, I woke up late on the way here. I don't know what time it is where you are when you listen to this, but it was early this morning when we started recording. And uh, as we were chatting, uh, both of us kind of, you know, uh, were drawn to the idea of how, how much of a wisdom topic this is. Right, right. And um, there's so many moving parts uh, wisdom isn't right from wrong. It's not north from south. It's north from north northwest. It's That's right. <laughs> right from almost right. And so, um, this is a topic that we're going to try to approach um, confidently, but yet delicately, because there are um, there are, ta- there are places, times, and occasions where something might be appropriate in one setting, but not in another. And so, we're just going to try to do um, the best we can. To not be legalistic, but yet to still adhere to what we think uh, the scriptures are teaching on these topics. So, Michael, does the Bible speak on clothing? Absolutely. Yeah. So, what are um, according to the Bible? What are some things that clothes are are for? Well, the, they're to uh, cover our shame um, and uh, and and our nakedness, and so it, it it is for covering. And I think that you, like you mentioned earlier, it's for glory. Um, and, uh, and then, then it's, it can be per, for protection, um, you know, from the elements to keep us warm. And then, uh, you know, Jesus, I mean, uh, the law talks about not, not keeping a poor man's, uh, garments because he have nothing to cover himself with. And then, uh, it, it could also mean for status, like, you know, um, or, or position, like generals wear generals clothes and, right. you know. It shows position. So, um, right. as you've discussed before, uh, off off mic, um, the issue with Shem, Ham, and Japheth, right, is that uh, Ham was trying to take Noah's garments, uh, garments, That's and right. his garment was a kingly one that signified his position. That's right. Yeah. So him alerting his brothers was not, "Ha ha, look at Dad!" It's, "Hey, his his royal robe is off." That's right. It's That's a chance for us to take it. Correct. And so then you see the brothers replace the robe because that no 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 he's we're submitting to him that's right he's king he's king um, and then of course you have Joseph and his uh, it's often translated robe of many colors but it's um, it's really I think it should be translated more of a royal robe it's, that's right yeah he's they've already been given the uh, the prophecy that hey this one this guy's gonna rule that's right he's uh, he, gonna be king he, he rules that's right that's <laughs> right said, yeah. okay cool. <laughs> 
Um, so, um, <clears throat> we're going to go ahead and move into um, modesty because okay. everyone that listens, if you saw this, if you saw this podcast and you're like, oh, I bet they talk about modesty, you were correct. That's right. So, we're going to go ahead and tackle <laughs> it here at the beginning. That's right. So, let's begin with men. Um, Yay. This is one that I think that uh, the church the church often deals with and thinks carefully through um, women's modesty because um, lust for men is almost a universal problem. If you are a male and you listen to this podcast, you struggle with it. And if you're a female, you just know all the men around you struggle with it. That's right. Yeah. But in our culture, uh, sex has been so idolized that I think that if you're going to read the statistics and believe them, it is now almost as common for women to struggle bad yes. with pornography and right. lust the same way that men do. Yep. So we are now, uh, perhaps more than ever or at any time recently, right, in a, in a spot where we need to think through uh, what is what is actually going to be uh, acceptable and modest for men to wear. Am I, are, so, Michael, do you see or do you think that there's times where men really need to be careful about what they're wearing to not be um, immodest. Yes, I, I think that um, I think most men don't think about modesty because it's not it's it's not or it has not been uh, in our culture prevalent for for women to be um, so in such a struggle, mm-hmm. and so we don't we don't generally think about well, you know. Does this make me look this way? Does this uh, draw attention to certain parts of my body? Like, women have to think about that all the time um, because men don't have breasts, and so they don't have to worry about, you know, cleavage issues or um, is this shirt or sweater too tight or anything like that. But, yeah, now they do. And and it, and I think it's funny, too, because you, you think about, um, you know, that guy that uh, who's, who's in his 40s who actually started losing some weight, and he's gone to the gym, and he's starting to work out, and so – he goes and buys an extra small shirt rather than uh, his normal medium, what what he would normally wear out. And he, um, he, you know, he he's wearing this tight shirt that's that's accenting every part of his body. Well, he doesn't think that. Well, maybe he does. Maybe that's why he's doing it. But that, yeah, I think we should think about those things. <clears throat> How are we drawing attention to ourselves? And is that is that causing others to sin? So yes, men should always think in those in those. Uh, realms, I think, when when he's choosing his clothing, yeah, and especially the we <clears throat> we live in a, a culture that loves the the tight shirt. Mm-hmm. If if you're a, if if you're a guy, I'm sure you've noticed the trend where it's like, man, I can't find a shirt that doesn't. That, <laughs> I've got to go three sizes up right. in this brand right, because right, yeah. <clears throat> they they uh, design shirts to fit like that, and it it is uh, usually you know one of the things we talked about again before. We started recording is how many times in the ish in the topic of clothing, we just flat out lie about yep. our motives. Oh, I yeah. don't know why I did that. Well, yeah, you do, and you know you did it for <laughs> this. Right. So when we say things like, yeah, "Yeah, man," but you know you did that for attention. Well, not well. Your heart will tell if your heart would reveal it to you, yeah. and also every literally everyone else in the room knows it. That's right. <clears throat> it's not just because we're all jealous. It's because. You're sitting in the open, and, and we, see right. we see it. <laughs> we see it. Um, <laughs> the lights on, and we see what's going on. Yeah, and and so, um, but with like you, you mentioned the going to the gym thing. That's a whole. It, 
it's not in the notes, but I said we'd ramble today. Right, right, yeah. But um, that's uh, that's a whole a whole nother. You could do a whole podcast on that, right? And and we have to be careful because when we talk about things like that. So, for example, um, my wife is a gym rat, but she's a gym rat because her family has historically been riddled with all kinds of ailments that she's trying to avoid. It's it is purely for health. Um, there is the great benefit that she is an attractive woman uh, because she takes care of herself that way. But her motive is not, I don't think, to draw attention to herself, but to take care of herself. Right. And so I would I would advocate exercise, even yes. though I don't do it like I should. And uh, but But we need to always check our heart because as we get results, and we will if we do right, if we eat right and exercise right, we will get some results um, no matter what your body type is. We can that can turn into vanity, yeah. And so we we have to be careful because vanity is a great sin. Um, it, yeah. It will destroy our motives. It will. It can destroy life. I mean, it can do a lot of things. It can destroy your marriage. It can, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with working out. There's absolutely right. nothing wrong with setting a goal. I want to go 25 pounds up on bench press. I want to be able to. I want to drop uh, 45 seconds off my mile. I want. All right. those things are fine. Sure. And it's just like what you were saying, where's where's the heart at? That's right. When I get these results, this is the first thing my mind goes to is, oh, I'm going to look good. Right. Well, it, you know, and I think there's actually a lot to be said there for, for your spouse. Yes. If you're like, I want to drop 25 pounds and, and I want to look good in bed for my spouse, I think that's holy, righteous, and just. Absolutely. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. And I know a pastor recently said that in a more crude way. And I don't think he was saying exactly what I said, but he got in trouble for it. But I am saying that because I think the scriptures would yeah. uphold that. You you should think about what does my spouse think of me? Yes. If they've been going to the gym and they've been losing weight and now they look stellar, it is only helpful for me to try to do the same thing. Exactly. So that their eye doesn't wander as more eyes are gathered to them. Correct. So, um, yeah, the, the one of the things though I think that often happens in the gym is, is like what you were saying. You you start to to lose weight, you start to look really good, and you're in an environment now where, and I'm talking about a traditional gym setting. I know that there's um, <clears throat> there's different types of sure. uh, of of uh, aerobics and all those kinds of things where you all look a hot mess and ugly when you walk out of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just like your anytime fitness gym or you know, golds right. or you know uh, whatever, um, I think you really have to go in there as a Christian with a mindset of I'm here to lose weight, I'm here to be healthy. I'm here, and if you can, if you can't check off any of those kind of actual legitimate boxes, then you probably should leave. That's right. Yeah. Um, because you're there to be seen and to see. That's right. Um, I did. I read a set of studies. I think it's been about a year ago now. Um, I was tackling uh, a few uh, topics of personal interest for health, and uh, I was trying to. You know, I, at the time, I really wanted to try to get lose weight. And you can look at me, Michael can, and see that didn't work <laughs> out. But um, <clears throat> I was uh, looking, look, researching different gyms. And you know how your phone has like cookies? Yeah, it'll like, track where you go. Yeah, and I start anything related to a gym would come up, and uh, I got this ad that was something about like uh, some some kind of like romantic gym thing. Oh wow! Where you go and it is deliberately to be seen, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, "Okay, 
first of all, <laughs> what a cultural thing. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. But um, one of the things that they listed as something that they kind of bragged about was that statistically the most common place that people meet up or, or meet someone to have an affair with is a gym. Oh, wow. And it, it was number one by a long shot. And um, I didn't say why. <clears throat> but I've had time to reason why. I mean, it's been a year. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's I think it's literally just you're there showing off your body if you're not being careful. Right. And others notice, or yeah. you're looking at other people who are showing no. off their body. That's right, yeah. So, you know, I'm all for gyms. I just think that you have to be very cautious. Yes. Um, yes. And make sure that as you're going to the gym and you're challenging yourself and you're meeting those goals, your heart stays in the right place. Um, because a gym can be a wonderful thing, yeah. huge blessing. That's you right. should go, you should do it, yeah. do it to your heart is exhausted with your body. Right. Right. But be, be careful. Well, and that's, and that's, that's, that's a great thing. I think that you, uh, look at the culture of the gym when you go, and well, I think we've gotten a little bit off topic, but I, I, th- I think you, you know, if you go in there and there's other Christians there and they want to talk about the Lord with you, um, as my wife it has experienced at, uh, her gym, uh, it it's it's a great thing. It's it's very encouraging um, to be able to to get to know other people outside of your body, um, your your church body. Um, need to choose my words wisely, I guess. But outside of your church body, who who loves Jesus like you do and wants to glorify Him as you do, then I think that's a great thing. If you go in there and there's a lot of touching inappropriately and inappropriate dress, maybe then you need to find another place to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, or, or or just stay out of that. Well, no, I, I would say just find another place to go. We, we fool ourselves when we say, well, oh, we're just going to stay out of the culture. No, you, you, you get yeah, hurt. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're trying, the Proverbs say run from it. That's right. That's when right. You, when you get in those situations where you know that you're uh, – you're gonna your lusts and uh, of of the eyes, lust of the flesh, your pride of life is gonna be triggered. You need to to flee those places. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, one other thing with uh, with the modesty for men is, uh, I think another place that everyone obviously thinks about, it, or if you're thinking through modesty, you're gonna think of the beach. Right, and we can discuss this for women as well. But for men, again, this is such a thing that I, you know, I don't be, I'll be really honest. I just don't think most people think about it ever. No, um, especially men. Let me rephrase that. I think a lot of men have just been raised that when you go to the beach or you go to the pool or whatever, and there's thousands of people there, just what you're supposed to do because it's hot and it's that you're going to be in the water. Yep. is you're supposed to take off your short or your shirt, and you're going to have. It's getting in the, you know, wear these really tight, quick dry shorts because that's just what you do. And I think men, especially, uh, of uh, between men and women, just really don't think about it sometimes. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't cross their mind that, oh, I'm going to be an object of lust to women. There's going to be a woman with her husband there. Yep. And she's going to see me and yep. she's going to go, oh, I wonder what that would And her mind starts to drift. Right. Um, what, what do we do about that? <laughs> well, I think uh, well, I think the the quickest answer is just leave your shirt on. Um, and for me, it's harder because like I'm I'm 48. I'll be 48 this month. Um, you know, it is it's funny to see trends go back to when I was a kid. Like so, in 81 or 82, everybody wore. Um, they, I mean, their shorts were men's shorts were barely long enough to cover up. Your, yourself 
um, keep it clean. So uh, now it's kind of going back to that. So when you need swimming trunks and you're 48 years old, you're going, I'm not wearing 1980s. I'm <laughs> not, not doing, doing that, that again. I'm we, not doing that. We again. left that behind. Yeah, it was uncomfortable in the 80s. It's really going to be uncomfortable now uh, at my age. So um, you, you just you just have to be careful. You have to um, you just you have to be careful. And so what I do is, I mean, of course, my shorts go down to my knees, which is not hard for me because I'm a short guy. So I mean, if I get medium shorts, they're going to go to my knees anyway. But, um, and then a really loose shirt like I got on now. This is probably like a beach shirt or something like that that I would wear. That th- The problem is, even when you get wet, when you, that, you got to try to pick clothes that's not going to cling to you and, and show off more than you want to anyway. Yeah. And, and so, um, I hate the idea, though, of saying we can't go to the beach or we can't go to the No, pool. no, th- and that's the, it, it, like, even as we discuss this, I'm picturing somebody sitting at home stewing. Yeah, yeah. And it's not because... I, I, I mean, one of the things we just we should have just started recording when I walked in and was eating. Yeah, and, <laughs> but um, you know, we as a church culture, and I'm not talking about the culture outside of the church. I'm talking about in the pews and your local church. Right. Hate, hate, hate this topic. Yes. Because we are one, it pokes us all right in the eye. It does. Because literally every man and woman, especially attractive men and women, desperately, their flesh screams, be seen, be noticed, be desired. Yep, that's it right. screams it. Yep. And if you are, and I'm just going to be blunt, if you're denying that right now and you're listening, well, not me, well, you're lying. That's right. You want to be noticed. That's right. You walk by the, the attractive girl at the store and you notice that she's attractive and you think, I wonder if she noticed me. That's right. And if you haven't done that in a while, you've done it at some point. Well, and, and well, you're, if you're sitting there stewing right now, <laughs> as my grandpa used to say, uh, "Hit dog yelps." Yeah, so right. you it know means, we're we're means... getting to you, we're getting to you, we're digging you, and that's why you're mad. It's because we're talking about you. Yeah, the, and but that's a good thing. <clears throat> yes, yeah. There's several reactions to sin and uh, and to being prodded, and some of I think the scariest one is normally apathy. That's right. Yeah. If you go, I don't, I could give a crap what these guys think. Well. Right. That might not be a good thing. That's right. Yeah. That might not be a macho thing, or a, I'm, well, I'm just confident. And that might be bad. That's right. But if you're going, yeah, but th- why are they saying it like that? Ask yourself why. If at any portion of this particular episode you get upset, ask right. why. Yeah. Is it if you're? Is it because you do that? It, and and go why? Why does that? Is that there in my flesh? Right. Um. Is there something that the Word of God has to say about this that I'm that is making me stew and is making me upset and if so what is that doing there what's your motive for getting upset about it because as a church culture we don't like talking about modesty because uh, men don't like talking about it because um they don't want to upset the women that's right the women don't like talking about it because they don't want to upset each other yeah and um it's just (laughs) that's how it's been for a, a better part of what, 40, 50 years? Yes, and yeah. Well, and they'll <clears throat> they'll say things like, well, you're legalistic or you're being puritanical or... Right. Um, and... and um, There's this idea that you should be able to wear what you want, and if someone else has a problem with it, it's on them. That's right. That's not what the Scripture teaches. No. In no way, shape, or form. That's right. Um, is that what the Scripture... It, there's no idea and concept anywhere in the text. I don't have to even pick out a single verse. Yeah. They would lend 
any credence to the idea <clears throat> that you should be able to do whatever you want, wear whatever you want, and if somebody else lusts, then it's their fault. That's right, yeah. Just Everyone is personally responsible. And so one of the things I said before, again, we maybe we'll just start recording the, maybe we'll have to do some editing. <laughs> yes, but right. I think one of the, you know, the woman that says, well, it's somebody else's fault if they lust after me. No, it's your fault. That's right. It's your fault that you're lusting after them. Right. And we have been so scared as a church to tell you that you have a lust problem. That's right. A lust for desire to be desired. That's right. You want to be noticed. That's you right. and and for so long we've bowed. Well, we, we can't know her heart truly. <laughs> yeah, but Christ cl- clearly says you're what he teaches that what you have on the inside is going to come out. That's right. Yeah. What you are on the inside shows outward at some point. That's right. <clears throat> it has to. It has to. <clears throat> and so when you're sitting there scantily dressed and going, yeah, but this is just what I'm comfortable in, and if men have a problem with it, it's their fault. Either you are, have it just been ignorant and you've just not thought about it, or more, more likely you know what you're doing. That's right. Man or woman, you know why you're doing what you're doing. Right. And you don't like anyone telling you to stop doing it. And I think we we do have to take into consideration there's there are cultural situations that lend to not wearing as much clothing. So, like for example, Kathy um, Kaiser told the story of of a young lady who was in their church, very attractive girl, who was who who played volleyball all of her life growing up, and she was in competitive volleyball in college. And you know they don't wear clothes when they play volleyball anymore. Um, <laughs> I mean, they don't. Have you, have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, I know. We cannot mean, yeah. watch that on the Olympics when it comes on. We, you know, go USA, but we got to cut it off because they. I mean, they're literally naked almost. Mm-hmm. And and she told Kathy, she says, "I I want I want to be mod- I just don't think about it because I'm so used to everybody seeing me in these these clothes, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and and Kathy, you know, she. She said it out as if I really believe this girl just didn't think about the fact that she was half. It's just dra- your uniform. It was just her but uniform. But it's it's different if you know. I've been wearing these kind of shorts since I was you know eight years old because that's just that was right. They, that was the, that the, was the uniform company said. Well, I'm not making more fabric. I'm just going to make it smaller. Right. And they'll just learn as they grow. Right. And so you do end up with with uh, in a position where it can absolutely be a thing where I've just always done this. That's right. And I think also we have to learn to give grace to new Christians. Correct. Um, in other words, if I know someone who is, they've been saved for one month or one year. That's right. Or three years. That's right. Um, or five years. And some of you that have been lifelong church members may think, well, that's, you know, that's long enough. Well, uh, <laughs> is it? Is it? Um, yeah. I think that there's... There's a different conversation you have with someone who's either young in age or young in the faith relative to the rest of the congregation. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to be able to say, you know, maybe they real they've come out of a culture where that was just the way it was, right? And it was fine. Yeah. Um, but there is a difference between that and someone who's been saved for 20, 20 years, that's right. forty years. Well, and it's like we always say, you know, we. We started by saying this was a wisdom issue, and we have to ask the question: What is the motive behind what you're doing? Right? Why? Why? Why are you dressing that way? And because a lot of times, if I mean, I never thought when I was a when I was a teenager, when I was in high school, why am I wearing these clothes? 
Though I had a, I had a motive, and if I'd have asked, my lost heart would have lied to me. But you know, we we have to ask the question uh, to them, oppose the question to them. What you know? Why are you making these choices? And these are your choices, and they should always honor God. Right? Is that what we're seeking to do? And and you know, lead them that way. Right? But, because because this is what happens. You have you have uh, people, certain people. Uh, in the church who love Jesus so much that they will bash somebody over the head because they're not in a suit and tie or because they, mm, they you know, yeah. you know they don't look like them. Well, but honey, we have to understand that that your motive for bashing them is the same motive. They're not having any clothes. You want to be seen too, and so you just want to be seen as godly, and you want to be respected in that way. And if that's, that's right. You know, so you can, you can, there, you know, as we... Starting to transition into the the women's topic a little bit in modesty, but kind of meeting somewhere in the middle as we transition. There's there is a a way to be so zealous, if you will. Yeah, uh, I think it's kind of a false zealousness. Yeah. Um. If you're if you just get down to the heart of it, that well, I just want them to know that what they're doing is wrong, and I go, yeah, but. You can do that in such a way that the problem isn't that they're so wrong; it's that you think you're so right. Correct. And this gives you a chance to be obviously right. Yeah, it gives it gives it gives you a stick to beat somebody with. Right, and so we also have to be careful that we we don't fall into that camp as well. That's right. Um, there's nothing wrong with dressing really proper everywhere no, you go. That's right. But the, I mean, just a fact of it seems like one of those facts of life. It, it seems that it tends to be those people yep. that are, by a country mile, the most likely people to want to, every chance they get, uh, um, become pride and arrogant over right. that. Right. And, they're, and they're pointing out what other people look like. And, uh, and, and usually <clears throat> that, tends to, that tends to point to other spiritual issues that are going on that nobody sees um, in those people. So you can, you can use your clothing... As a as a mean of means of saying, look how godly I am. Look how you know you're you're in a three piece suit out there changing your oil. No, that's just stupid. You don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean you know so you know yeah. I, I think that we have to be careful of that as well when when we talk about clothing. Why are you pointing out what? I mean, if there's a legitimate issue, I mean, if if a guy's wearing his short so um, short that you don't have to guess whether or not he's Jewish. Um, then, yeah, there, there's an issue there. But if you're just pointing out, well, you're wearing shorts, and I don't think that's proper, well, why? You know, and, and please don't say that God takes no pleasure in the legs of a man because that is not what that text means. <laughs> no, so. it's not. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you bring up an interesting uh, question to mind. You're a pastor. I've seen this... Uh, Done, dealt with twice in a, in a church my entire life. Um, a woman walks in, or tra- kind of transitioning into women's modesty. Right, right. A woman walks in, and uh, when I was, I grew up in a what you might call a mega church for the area I lived in. I lived in a um, on the coast in Panama City, and I went to a gigantic Baptist church, uh, membership of two K plus. Wow, and um, you know it, it was. You're in like a stadium. It felt like <laughs> you're in there. It wasn't that big, but it was big. <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember uh, there was an instant where instance where you know during spring break we used to be 
The Panama City used to be the spring break capital of the world. They called it before the um, the elected officials in that area outlawed alcohol on the beach. And the first year that it was in effect, they enforced it. Oh yeah, and they and no one no one went back because I'm oh I'm not going to jail. Right. Um. This no no fun no amount of fun is worth that that phone call. Right. And so um. But before they did, you would have during the spring break season, you'd have spring breakers that would occasionally come into the church, which is uh, both shocking in some cases and right. um, surprising. But also sometimes it's like, well, you know, I wonder what the story is there. Right. And uh, we had this instance one time where, and I'm not, I've not named the church um, for this reason. Uh, a young lady came in in her spring break clothes. Right. Uh, and you just fill in what that means. And it was rather obvious that she did not. I mean, you could see everything. And uh, my dad at the time was a deacon at the church. And uh, from what I I gathered, this incident caused quite a ruckus because uh, she was not asked to leave. She was not disallowed from coming into the building or anything like that. But... It was it was bad enough that people that sat behind her had to get, were getting up and moving. Wow! And um, so the the ordeal came and passed. And there's tons of people that work on the staff of the church and that are in the deacons and stuff that you know are greeters and stuff like that. And the question was raised: Well, why you know why didn't we escort her out? Well, because and the answer was because she needs Jesus. Well, and you know maybe she's not a Christian and maybe she just didn't know any better. And then. Uh, a separate incident happened when I was in college. One of like the six times I went to church, <laughs> it was more than that, but that's how it felt. Right. Um, and um, we had another incident kind of like that at a much, much, much smaller church. And the preacher stood at the door and greeted everyone and wouldn't let her in. And it was another big hot button issue. And the the question was raised: Well, why didn't you let her in? And his his answer was because we love Jesus. That's right. And that's that's not. There's no way that I can I can pasture and shepherd my flock, and and let my flock be subject to that. Right. And so, um, where do you fall on that issue? Well, he, here's here's my pat answer, and I think me and my wife talked about this, um, man, years ago. Um, and the and the answer is. Women should lovingly go to that young lady uh, and and say, "We are so glad you're here, but for the for the sake of of our husbands and 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 for you, we're gonna ask you to cover up, and we'll get you something to cover up with, mm-hmm. just while you're here, not trying to shame, you. and very quietly, not making a big commotion, not um." And 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 say we we do not in any way want you to leave, but you cannot stay dressed like that. And and what that means is we're. I've got my wife always carries a sweater with her. I don't care if it's summer or whatever. <clears throat> you can have my sweater. You can you know I, I can run get you something, um. You know whatever we need to do right. Um, <clears throat> so you're not trying to make a spectacle out of it, correct? But at the same time, you're trying to say, "Hey, but that's not that's not allowed here. That's not allowed here. That's um, right. well, and 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 I think I think my at the time, and I'm trying to remember the conversation, but I think at, at the time, my wife's like, you know, just point out to her, you're going into the presence of the King of the Universe. 
That's right. And how you look matters. And and so, you know, we're just going to ask right. you to to show a little modesty. Yeah, you, you, if you're if you're going to dress up nice for a business meeting and you would dress up nice to 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 meet the CEO of a company or the president of the U.S. or right, you know, whatever. Um, it, it this is another one of those legalism things, but right. Um, it, all all we would ask is that you think about if I will do that for a man. Why not do that for God? Well, and here's the thing that me and me and my wife talked about. If if and there's <clears throat> we're right out right, we're right off the interstate, um, so prostitution is prevalent in, up and down eighty five. Um, and what if what if that's all she had? Yeah. What if that's I mean she's maybe that's that's all she had to wear. Right. So we don't want to shame her. And we don't want her to feel like we don't want her there because she. It's not have. a holier than thou issue. It's, it's a not. protection issue. It is. It's and not. It's not protect. It's protecting, uh, like you said, protecting the husbands. It's not an issue where we want you to feel bad. No. Because um, you're you're unholy. You're not worthy. That's right. It's just for the sake. Well, look, you're going to cause the men in this church to lust. And you may cause some of the women even to be moved by envy, depending on how moved to That's envy, right. depending on how you look. That's right. And know that neither of those things are what you want during right. uh, your ascension into the heavenlies That's on right. a Sunday morning. That's right. And, and then I'm glad I asked that question because I I kind of felt like there's somewhere in the middle that you have to meet between. You do. Oh yeah, just come on in and whatever's fine, and, or you can't hey, come no, in. No, no, no. You yeah. must and and you know kind of make a spectacle out of it. No, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want to do that. Because the idea, I think, on the second one is, oh, I, you know, she'll remember that. Yeah, but it's yeah, but it's not, not a, a good way. Yeah, not <laughs> a good way. Yeah. Is that it? Um, Did she ever try? And that's the question that I would want to ask that pastor. Do you think she ever tried to attend a church again? Right. You, you know do do you presume that? Do you presume? And I think this is the problem in the South, especially. We assume people have been to church before. But we're having so many people from up north, yeah, the north, moving down here um, because our weather's good and we're free, um, and they're not up there, and they don't, they don't have that background. No, they, they don't. I mean, they, they it's may know. It's amazing how many people I've met. In the, so I, those of you who are listening, I worked three years at a Chick Fil A, and then I'm at my uh, uh, the second job outside of uh, the <clears throat> out of uh, what's supposed to be a Christian culture. I'll leave it at that. And um, the the amazing thing that I have seen is how many people I have met who have never been to church. Right. They've never heard the. I, I remember there was a, a person, I a group of people I talked to at uh, the first uh, at Amazon, which was my first job out of Chick Fil A, uh, who had literally never set foot in the church and had never even heard the word the gospel before. They'd never, I don't know what that is. Wow. And, uh, which gave me an awesome opportunity to share, but it, it was, str- it was stunning for me because I, well, you know, I grew up in the panhandle of Florida, which is very conservative. Right. I lived for four and a half years, right smack in the heart of Alabama, which was very conservative. Right. And everybody, I mean, people would go get drunk on Friday night or on Friday and Saturday night, and then, hey, but we got to be at church in the morning because this is what we do. That's right, yeah. That's just what we do. This yeah. is part of the culture. Yeah. And there's a lot of people now, um, obviously we're in South Carolina, 
Um, but this, I, we still live in a very conservative area, right? And people are coming in from other places. Most of these people did not grow up in in the in the South. They were all oh, I grew up in Ohio. I grew up in Michigan. I grew up in Maine. I grew up in in New York. That's right. And they're coming down to an area that, like you said, better weather and it's more free. But they their cultures they didn't go to church. That's right. That's right. Well, moving back into clothing, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, women's clothing, obviously, this has to come up. And um, what are some guidelines for women to think? You know, obvious. I think it's rather obvious that the thing that you have to, if you're a woman, that you're fighting is your desire to have attention. Yes. What are some guidelines you can use? Some points of wisdom that might help women think through what they're going to wear. Well, I think the I think again, you know, we always go back to motive. What why are why did you choose this clothing? Why did you choose this article? And um I, I think you always want to be you want to cover everything. I think that's that's but but I think there's parts of it's not just parts of your body cuz All right, so I'm just going to I'm just going to lay this out here and I know this is going to be a shock to everybody, but every part of a woman's body is attractive. For a man, yeah. For a man, yeah. Every God, when God, when God made Eve, it was a wonderful thing. She, you know, women are all women have something about them that's attractive. There's a reason not not to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. But there's a reason why she's called the glory of man. Correct. Anything that was good about man, she was better. Right, and I think that we can take we can take the issue. Um, what we just talked about with men and why it has not historically been that big of an issue is because men aren't women. Right. <laughs> they're not, they're not shaped like women. They're not built like they women are women are beautiful. And so what we have to what we have to do what you have to do as a woman is you have to ask yourself am I am I emphasizing my beauty in an area that's going to draw unwanted or uh lustful attention from men now there's you can cover a woman from head to toe i mean look that the islamic culture continues to have issues with rape and they continue to have issues with um adultery and they continue to have issues with porn why because you could, it doesn't matter how what you do they know there's a woman under that big old curtain that you've got her under i mean they know that that's still a female yeah. and and so there's going to be lust issues that women cannot help. But the question is, are you making it harder right. for the man? Obviously, there's certain uh, feminine builds that, you, I mean, there's not, we don't, we're not telling you to wear a floor length dress and no. to wear, uh, you know, four, not, four X size clothes. Right. But what we are suggesting is that you just think carefully about what you are going to wear. That's right. Um, is this drawing attention to, well, like, for example, uh, back when, when Emily was first born, uh, well, she was probably three or four. It was really popular for women to have writing on their tail end, you know, on their clothing. And my wife made the decision, um, thank God for godly wives. She's like, my daughter's not wearing that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, what's the issue? She says the point is to draw attention to, to, your, a, butt. Yeah. to, to your butt. And my daughter's eight years old, and nobody needs to be looking at her butt. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Um and so that's the question: Are you are you wearing something that is intentionally drawing attention to those areas? To, to those areas, and um, kind of moving forward because I think we've we've probably talked a lot about modesty. 
I actually hold a position that I, I would assume Michael does too, um, that I think that for your spouse, you should look as attractive as possible. Absolutely, yeah. I think that um, all the things that you wouldn't wear in public, I think are on the table in the in the bedroom sure. for your spouse. Sure. I think that if you're a woman and you go, okay, well, these Christian guys are t- doing all this talking about how I can't ever try to look pretty. No, I think that you your your beauty is to be focused at attract the intention of your of that one man. That's right. Yeah. Um. And and to hold his eye and That's to right. keep in in um. You know, like I, I I watched. A, I think it was Apology Radio. I think Jeff Durbin and his crew were dealing with the topic of of uh, the body positive movement. Right. And, um, you know, they were just like, uh, you know, got some hate for it, but I think it's it's right. And they were like, you know, if you're a woman and you're going, well, I'm, I'm overweight and I'm this, I'm that, and my husband, he's been losing weight, he's looking better and better, and I just don't want him, you know, drawing other attention or getting attention from all these other women. And uh, they said something along the lines of, okay, well, then lose weight. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and and then, which is offensive because you're you're are you insinuating that I'm not just perfect? No, none of us are. No, that's right. Um, it's but you 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 know you have a husband who has eyes in his head. That's right. And if he's if he's like, well, I'm going to set out, I'm going to lose fifty pounds, and I'm going to try to slim down. It makes sense for you to try to do it with, with him. One because you're his other half. That's right. Um, you're one flesh together. But two. Um, for the sake of helping him and yourself out in the long run. That's right. Um, if you're, and it goes the other way too. Right. If you're a man and you're like, man, I really am chunking up, and your <laughs> yeah. wife's like, you know what, I'm going to lose all this weight. Yeah. Same for you. That's right. Hey, hey man, That's get right. off the couch. You better get off the couch because if she, um, as she loses weight and she tones up and she becomes more physically attractive. It's the same concept the other direction. It is, yeah. Your desires, all these things we're talking about, you know, uh, lust and modesty and immodesty and all those kinds of things. Um, your your job as a man who's married is to hold the love and, uh, and the eye and the attention of your wife. That's right. If you're a wife, it's to hold the love, the eye, and the attention of your husband. That's right. It's not one direction. It's both directions. Correct. You're both to, to do things uh, to be more desirable, whether it be appearance or personality, man, I really am a jerk when I when I'm tired. I got to right. work on that. Yeah, that's right. All of these things, yeah, your your all of your desires should be. I want to be as attractive as possible to my spouse. Correct. And maybe you have a spouse that they, I mean, bro, there are brothers and sisters that they just don't have a very high libido at all. Right. And and maybe, but <clears throat> if that's the case. And I'm not saying that, okay, well, now you can gain as much weight as you want. <laughs> right. But you need to find the things that they do find attractive, that Correct. they do find to be sexy, yep. if you will. And you need to, to, okay, well, my wife, no matter what I do, is just not, she just doesn't have that high libido, but she really, really, really enjoys my attention. Correct. That's the thing that really uh, grabs her and holds her is when she can tell that she is the most important thing when I get home on Friday. That's right, yeah. Then work on it. That's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. Well, and and I hate I hate this I hate this language. But when we we talk about we talk about love language, right? Because what what we have to find, like, so for example, some some people want affirmation, right? Some people want a lot of attention, you know. So, like you said, find out what that is with your spouse and do those things. Do those things. Yeah. But um, so. Now we get to talk about a. I realize we're way into this, but 
Um, 45 minutes. Yeah, 45 minutes in. And, but we've got, we have to talk about, um, the culture around us and what they're doing and why we need to be aware of it. So right right now you and I, uh, Michael and you, the listener, we're living in a world where they want boys to be girls, girls to be boys. Right. And it's quickly coming down the tube that if you won't accept it, you won't have a job. Correct. You won't be able to be a builder. You won't be able to be a framer. You won't be able to be a painter. You won't be able to work in manufacturing. You won't be able to work uh, in higher ed or in education. Period. Unless you sign off that I, I, I that I hate the word of God essentially. Right. Um, and you will sign off for it. Um, and it's it's happening in certain places of the country. Um, you know, maybe the world implodes before we ever get there in Cherokee County. But um, I mean, heck, that's possible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But um, but what we've we've got to do as a church, I think is, is be aware that you're living in a world where they want everything to be everything else. Right. There's no more divisions between men and women. Right. Um, Michael, as the church, what are some things we can do to guard ourselves against this culture that demands that we let women dress as men, men dress as women, uh, you know, what are, are, do we be silent about it? Do we, no. Um, do so, we address it and and how do we teach our younger generation? Well, I well, first of all, you know, we um the first thing I think the church has to do is we have to quit um beating up men. Uh and and we have to um celebrate masculinity and femininity uh in its in its reality according to what the Bible teaches about those things. And so um we it, it starts even from it starts even from uh, the first of education because what we do is we actually we take young men and we put them in educational situations that are more prone to be uh, enjoyed and flourished by women because women don't mind sitting still and being obedient and yeah, why does it all the little boys want to hit each other with sticks right because I that was, that's right <laughs> yeah exactly they they they. Uh, they thrive on adventure. They thrive on um, danger, and I think that we need to promote that. And I and I, I say danger in a safe way. We have a lot of we have women in our church <clears throat> that have really struggled with this because they're they're mothers of boys, and they worry, and they they <clears throat> they get all kind of tore up about. Well, he's climbing a tree. Let him climb a tree. It, it's okay. You know, um, yeah. if if he breaks his arm, but at least he's at least he's doing it in this. Because what's going to happen is you're going to turn around and he's going to hide and do it. So, <laughs> right, because he's going to do it. He's, they, right, he's going to do it. Don't, it's not don't climb a tree. Don't climb that one here. That's Come right. over here and climb this that's one. Right. Then, you this know one's what? safer. You know? Yeah, this one's. This, this is c- how the cedar has more branches between you that's and the right. ground. That's and right. the Tulip poplar. Yeah, I mean, uh, Daddy, take your kids hunting. Um, take your boys hunting. Especially, I think that's I think take him fishing, let him shoot guns. That's right. There's there's a reason that in Cherokee County there's not a lot of trannies going on because men were men are men here, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying they're not in Massachusetts, but what I'm saying is um, we've taught we've taught our young men we're, we're going to go hunting, we're going to go fishing, we're going to go hiking, we're going to do these things because this is what men do. We're going to build things, we're going to tear up things, we're going to 
Right. We're going to let boys be boys, and I think that that more than anything is is where we we really need to focus because it's not one of those things. It's, it's again one of those um, counterfeit things. Uh, Mark talk, Mark Robinette talked about on his uh, first podcast. You know, they they don't train the Secret Service to recognize counterfeits. They treat they train them to know the authentic so well that they they. Can they, pick out what's wrong. That's exactly Same right. Same as how you know the Word of God. I, Correct. I don't know the name of every heresy, right. but if you tell me what it teaches, I can tell you what's wrong with it because I know the base. That's I know right. The, I know the real deal. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, for... Uh, I like what you talk about. We the, Even from a young age, you know, teach your children what to wear. That's right. Um, you know, my daughter is 15 months old, and it's very likely you're going to find her in a little dress on Sunday morning. That's right. Um, and I have a, a, a son due in December, um, and you're probably going to catch him from a young age um, dressed like a man should be dressed in church. That's right. Um, yep. He's probably going to have uh, little slacks and yeah, <laughs> and a little button-up shirt. And uh, maybe when he gets big enough, because I'm not buying a little baby you know, <laughs> sport coat, <laughs> but... But he'll probably have one of those on. Right. And um, as you teach your children from a young age, this is the way that boys look because you're boys. This is the way that girls look because they're girls. You you said celebrate femininity and that's right. Um, you see God doing that in the text. He so yes. the men do manly things and wear man appropriate clothes. The the women do feminine things and wear feminine appropriate clothes. You know, uh, we talk about beauty yep. for women. And I hope you've not listened to this. And well, uh, they just don't want me. They want me to wear a, a, a cardboard box. No, no. We want you to be beautiful. That's right. Um, just in the right way. Correct. And uh, there's a study done uh, in Sweden. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was sometime in the early 2000s. I'm I'm pretty. I'm fairly certain uh, somewhere in those in that time frame. And what they they did this survey of it was like tens of thousands of people, and universally the women. Uh, when uh, anonymously asked, what do you think is attractive of men? All, almost across the board, pick things that are traditionally masculine. Right. Um, doesn't, you know, a good smile, but doesn't smile a lot. Right. Um, strong will decision make uh, a decision maker, a leader. Uh, a leader, all those kinds of things. And the men across the board actually selected traditionally biblically feminine traits. They smile, they're, they're soft-spoken, they are gentle. Yep. They are uh, um, confident in and what they're and what they want to do. They're good with children. Right. Um, in other words, uh, they they women like men and men like women. Right. And uh, as we train up a younger generation, you're just going to make it easier for them uh, to find spouses to live good lives. That's because right. for me, I'm working through wreckage of where I destroyed my earlier years. Right. Even though I was raised in church, I just didn't care. Yeah. Um. And uh, we have an opportunity now as we're, we're culture builders to teach young men and young women, hey, this is what men do. This is what women do. That's right. And you will, down the road, what the, the, you know, we're post-millennial here. That's right. And so our goal, and if, you, if you're listening, you don't know what that is, we have an optimistic view of the future. That's right. We think that Christ is going to win and the Great Commission is going to be completely fulfilled. And in the year 4,237 A.D., you're just gonna. Everyone's Christian. That's right. That's, that's literally what we think. Because well, that's what the Bible teaches. And we think that's what the. Uh, we don't think. We <laughs> no, know that's what the Bible that's teaches. That's what the Bible teaches. And uh, maybe we'll do a topic on uh, uh, an episode on that. But yeah, yeah. I think there's gonna come a day 
Um, even you know, as I raise my child, I'm hoping that as I teach them the Word of God, that their whole next generation doesn't have to wonder, is this a boy or a girl when, right. when someone walks in a store? Correct. Because that's just, this is how men look. This is how women look. That's right. Um, and so that's what we're after, and that's what we're fighting for. Um, <clears throat> one last thing. we, we uh, Going back to... Uh, you know, my ADHD brain runs off sometimes. Come back to beauty. Um, we see this. There's a movement in the church I think is worth addressing on this podcast that I've I've called the anti-feminine movement. And what we do is we shame, and I'm not talking about we's in our local body. I hope not. I pray not. But as a in the wider culture, um, we shame beautiful women mm. for being beautiful. Um, because, uh, so in other words, rather than teaching them that beauty that you have is a tremendous gift, and I'm just going to say it, and if, if you're upset with me, you can email us, maybe we can talk, but being beautiful as a woman is an objectively good thing. It is. And it is an advantage over, over women. Um, being a good-looking man, same thing, but not to the same extent. Right. Um, because your goals and tasks as, as a man are generally mission-oriented and, and looks don't matter as much. But right. for women... Your looks matter a lot. They do. And um, what we've done in our church culture is those women that are really pretty, we almost shame them into feeling like they, they shouldn't be. That's right. Well, you have to do this. You have to do, you have to do all these. And, and no, you can't wear it. You can't even wear that dress because right. you just look too pretty in it. You've got to do things. That, well, no, I'm not, we're not advocating that you wear a cardboard box. That's right. Um, when Christ uh, uh, in, in Ezekiel 16 uh, it's I, I take it as Christ speaking, and he because well it is, <laughs> yeah, but more so than the uh, than the other parts of the Trinity, and he details what he does with Israel. He says, "I found you naked and half dead as a baby in a field, basically." Right, in and your it's blood. Very graphic. The yeah. Book of Ezekiel is very graphic. If you've if you're one of those people that got upset with Doug Wilson's uh, Ride, Sally, Ride, then you've not read Ezekiel. And uh, <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, it's a yeah. graphic book. Very and he, as, he essentially says, I found you in a puddle of blood, your cord not cut, you're dead, and I commanded you to live. You were dead. You're a dead baby in a field, Israel, and I, I found you, and I'm the giver of life, and I mm-hmm. commanded you to come alive, and you did. And as you grew and you matured and you became sexually attractive, I took notice of you and I clothed you and I made you beautiful. And in this text in Ezekiel 16, at the, at the beginning of the chapter, uh, Christ details how he gave her the most beautiful of, of clothing, mm-hmm. the most radiant of jewels. She wore gold. She, it says he put a, a stud in her nose. Right. And he, so she's got a beautiful nose ring and a beautiful necklace and beautiful earrings and this wonderful garb and oil to anoint her hair so she shines and to anoint her face so that her face shines. And all these, in other words, it's a good thing that she's beautiful. And That's it's right. a good thing that she's being made beautiful. Yep. Um, I just wanted to tag this in at the, at the end of the podcast. Um, churches, you know, church leaders, whoever listens, it's not a bad thing that you have beautiful women, but it is something that you have to you have to teach them what to do with it. That's right. It is a it's a great thing for husbands. Yeah, it's not you're not telling a young lady who's sixteen and is head and shoulders prettier than the other girls that it's a bad thing. What you're telling her is that is a 
great gift for your future husband. That's right. That's right. You're going to have you're going to have an easy time with your future husband holding his eye and his attention. Right. And and you just need to prepare for that and be patient. It's not telling you you can't do anything with your beauty. Right. It's telling you that hey, your beauty is to be directed at one man. That's right. And I I can confidently say that because that's what we see in the text. Yeah. The problem at the end of that chapter and the reason I brought up that chapter is because the ver- the the chapter break occurs when after detailing how he's made her beautiful, he says, but then you played the whore. That's right. And that's what it says. Yeah. Uh, at some translations <laughs> translate it as uh, the harlot. Right. Uh, the ESV, I believe, uses the word whore. And, and you hoard after these other religions. Right. Uh, he'll go on to detail later in the in the book how, um, just to use the, I think that it's the New King James Version's word, you pursued the issue of horses and donkeys that you saw That's from right. other countries instead of the one who made you beautiful. That's right. Um, the problem is that with that beauty, they chased all the, all the other men. That's right. Instead of focusing on Christ. That's right. Um, and so that's what we're to do in our marriages and with our sexuality. Look, clothing is as deeply tied to sexuality and all those things. Um, but it's to be something that points us back to our spouses, that points us, that, that brings us back into relationship with each other. That's right. We're not to be ashamed of how we look. Yeah. Um, and if, if we're beautiful, you know, obviously, like, like I said earlier, if you if you think that there's some things to fix, then by all means try to fix them. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Um, but it is for something. Beauty is for something. That's right. It is for glorifying God in a specific way. Well, and I think that that's we have to remember that God does nothing arbitrarily. There's there's a purpose for everything that he has done and everything he gives us. And so we just we have to use it for the means by which he's. That's right. Him. Your man, if you're a man, your attractiveness is for your for your wife. That's right. Your muscles and your your masculinity and your appearance is for your wife. That's right. That's what it's for. If That's you're right. a woman, your femininity and your beauty is for your husband. That's and right. And they're for each other. That's right. Michael, we, we have this is now our longest episode. Yes. Um, and I don't even think we covered everything we had talked about. But uh, <laughs> so we'll wrap up. Um, if you are enjoying this podcast, uh, then. Or maybe you're not and you hate everything we just said. We would love to talk to you. I yep. mean, honestly, we would love nothing more than to hear what you have to say and to and to talk with you and to, and to maybe hear your perspective or maybe we've missed something. Right. Um, talk to us. Um, Michael, what's our email again? It is crownrightscastnet at gmail.com. Right. So crownrightscastnet at gmail.com. You can email us. Uh, you can find our Crown Rights Cast Network Facebook page and message that. Yep. Um, <clears throat> check out our other podcasts we have on this network. Um, this is a kind of it. It had started going one direction and it's gone another. This this <laughs> network we've got. Um, uh, I think it's called, uh, Josh Henderson is a local uh, minister. Mike Michael, what's his podcast called? The Fifteen. The Fifteen. Um, <clears throat> And so you can find his podcast on our network. Uh, he is a beloved brother from a slightly different theological take than us, but yeah. we love him very much, yep. and we are excited that he's excited for Jesus. <clears throat> Absolutely. So we are excited to host his podcast. Um, you can also find Mark Robinette. He is a pastor within this uh, particular denomination that we're a part of. Yep. And CPC. his. Uh, can you give us a few details on his? Yeah, his is uh, his is the church is real a real thing, and uh, his. 
his whole heart's desire is to see um, the Church of Jesus Christ grow, but as the church, not as um, you know, some disconnected thing. Or it, it it's really good. He's going through Ephesians. <clears throat> Sorry, and uh, he's going really slowly through the book of Ephesians. It is really, really good um, how he's going verse by verse and and showing that the church uh, is real. It's not it's not this ethereal thing that we just you know we are the body. Well, yeah, but what does that mean? And what does it mean if you have no desire for it? And so that's mm. it's really it's a really good it's really good. And then finally, Michael himself has his own podcast where he is going through the book of Genesis, and that's called Conversing with the Text, right? in which he kind of handles uh, some material that is a little too heavy to normally put in a sermon, um, a little too detail-oriented. But if that's you and you really want to know some of the things that are happening behind the scenes or underlying the text in Genesis as he goes through it, you should check out that podcast. Again, that's called Conversing with the Text. This podcast has been Ecclesia in Exile, though. We're thankful that you've given us your time. Now pay attention to the road and have a good afternoon. Bye-bye.